Well, joy to our world. We've heard a few um, weeks on this topic. It's, it's timely, isn't it? We need the joy of the Lord all the time, uh, but especially in the month of December when things get a little crazy, they get a little chaotic, they get a little panicky, uh, the roads get a little fuller and the shops get way busier, the children are out from uh, school and it's just, you need the joy of the Lord, right? (laughs) The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength and uh, we need strength as well, so receiving that joy gives us the strength that we need. It's a good emotion, this joy. It's a good feeling that we can have. And there's so many mentions of joy in the Bible. God wants us to be filled with joy. Actually, it says filled with joy so many times. He wants us to be filled with joy, not just a little bit of joy, uh, but filled with joy, full of joy. God talks about it. And uh, when I was growing up, I used to hear the definition of joy was J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Have you ever heard that? J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. Well, that's a, that's a little pithy, um, you know, saying there, but it's actually true. If you put Jesus first, that's the start of getting joy into your life. And if you put others, uh, rather than being focused on yourself, self, self, then um, then that is, is a precursor to joy as well. And then yourself and, and that, that fullness of God. It's so J-O-Y. Hey, do we have to have everything going well in our life to experience joy? Do things have to be sweet? Do we have to have a garage door that opens on a Sunday morning for us to have joy? Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, there are things that are going to go wrong in our life, and hey, that's okay. We got here eventually. We could have, you know, watched online. I don't know what we would have watched, but anyway, um, <laughs> our team said that we could have done the the trial Skype, and uh, you know, you watch us online. But no, that's all right. We can easily get here. Um, We did play Monopoly the other day, my husband and daughter, and that doesn't necessarily bring out the best in you. Ah, I don't know. Have you played Monopoly lately? It was a rainy day and it was like, whoa, when someone keeps saying rent, 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 and your money's going down and then you get taxed and you're just starting to, oh, everyone's starting to pop off everywhere and it's just like, oh, wow, we're not feeling that joy. This should be a fun game. (laughs) Oh, we just had to have a break for that for a while. (laughs) It's still on the kitchen table waiting for the continuation. It takes forever, that game. But anyway, it's all right. It's good to do, play board games as a family. Uh, Today, it's a rainy day. We're having an outdoor party. Oh, does our circumstances have to be perfect for us to experience joy? These are some of the, you know, little things that happen. But I know there's a lot of stuff that happens in our life that goes a a lot deeper than that and a lot of sadness and grief and and just challenges that you face in life, the pressures that we face. And it doesn't mean that we can't live a life of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let me read you a scripture in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2. It says, they are being tested by many troubles. Don't know if you feel like that at the moment. And they are very poor. You could feel like that too. But they are also filled with abundant joy. That's at the same time. It's not like, oh, oh, eventually they they become filled with abundant joy. They've got challenges, they're poor, but they're filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. That's the word of God. Another scripture in 2 Corinthians 6.10 says, Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. 
So we can have joy, even when our hearts are aching, we can still experience joy. Sometimes we can have, um, if I just had a bigger house at Christmas time to entertain my guests, if I just had more money, if I just had my family living closer, you know, that would um, make me happy this Christmas time. It doesn't have to re reflect on our, depend on our circumstances for us to receive and experience the joy of the Lord. Think about that first Christmas time when Mary and and Joseph were making that big trek from Nazareth down to Bethlehem and she's like nine months pregnant and that's like days and days on a donkey I mean circumstances are not perfect for her and I've got a little picture to show you um, just what she was experiencing at the time it says, how many times do I have to say I'm sorry says Joseph I forgot to make reservations at the inn okay the real reason it was a silent night <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that song, Silent Night. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, no, there was joy on that night when she delivered that baby boy and the star was in the sky and uh, the wise men all came bringing gifts and the joy of the Saviour being born on that night of Christmas time that we celebrate at Christmas time of the Saviour of the world who came to bring redemption for us and bring joy into our lives. That's what we can access. So uh, there, oh, so I've grown up in church, right, and, and in Christianity, and who remembers Keith Green? Uh, Keith Green was one of those, you know, now singers in the 80s. <laughs> and he, he was a singer-songwriter and he'd play on his piano and he was award-winning artist and, you know, he's one of those, um, who's a big singer right now? Cass, um, you know, like huh? Lauren Daigle. Yeah, he's like a Lauren Daigle of the 80s. All right. Uh, he was tragically killed in his 20s um, from a, a plane crash, and it was a devastation to the music industry. But his music lives on, and I, you can download it on Spotify. I've got it on iTunes, because there's scripture in song. It's basically the scripture, word for word, in his song. And do you remember the song, Creating Me a Clean Heart? I love this song. The great thing about these songs is they stick in your head, and then you remember scripture. Like, it's actually a great way of memorizing scripture. So it says, create, okay, it's Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. You can sing along if you like. <laughs> Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. That was the words of the song that he sung. But it is, re restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Or another uh, version says, make me willing to obey you. We sang this this morning. You give hope. You restore. He wants to restore to us the joy of our salvation. You know, some things get stolen from us in life. Throughout our Christian walk, we feel like uh, there is, there's an enemy prowling around seeking whom he may devour. You're a child of God. And there's an enemy that doesn't like that. And he wants to draw you away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so he steals things. It says, the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. What has he stolen from you? It might be relationships. It might be your health. It might be money, it might be a business or a job, it might be um, your, your marriage or peace. It, it feels like it's just stolen from you. 
uh, but God came that we might have eternal life. He came that we might have eternal life. And I love that thought of restore to me the joy of your salvation. What does that look like? What was that moment of salvation where we uh, encountered Jesus for the first time or if you grew up in church, when you remember that, that, that time where Jesus became alive in your heart and lived in you and, and stuff dropped off you and you received the joy of salvation. And everyone here will have a story of uh, a salvation of that moment where you felt the peace, where you felt the forgiveness and just that shame and that condemnation dropping off you or the lightness of the forgiveness or uh, the freedom that came, whether it be at that moment of salvation or in the days or months that followed from there. It might be the, the grace that filled you, the healing that came, maybe purpose in your heart, faith came alive in you in that moment of salvation. And if you're here today and you've never had that moment of salvation, we'll give you an opportunity to pray a prayer that cements a moment of salvation for you, where you can pray a prayer inviting Jesus into your life and he fills you with love and purpose and joy and freedom, forgiveness, so that you can live a life of purpose for him. And we can... Uh, we'll be doing that. I'll be doing that at the end of this service. There's so many stories in our church of people whose lives have experienced that moment of salvation and truth. So what happens at salvation? I just want to hone in on three things today. For, for us to experience that joy of salvation, restore to me the joy of your salvation, we need to, to go back and go, what does it look like for us? Maybe it's been a long time since you got saved and you sort of, you know, live life and things are different now. But to rest, have that joy restored, it's going, okay, at that moment of salvation, the first thing I felt was forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge thing. Let me put this scripture in Psalm 31 into context. David, King David of Israel, uh, was praying a prayer of repentance because he needed forgiveness. He was living with a few wives, as they did in those days in Israel, and he saw a woman, and he wanted her. He should have been out at war. The Bible says all the troops were out at war, but he's like, okay, no, I'll just stay at home. And he got up to no good. He should have been working, idle hands. And so he saw this woman. He wanted her, so he sent for her. He ca she came to him, and he committed adultery with her. Uh, he sent her back home and continued his life. She came back and said, I'm pregnant. So he said, okay, well, now there's consequences for my actions. It's not just hidden away in my heart. Uh, and so he sent for her wife, husband who was out at battle and um, wanted him to come back, sleep with her so we could prove it was his child, but he wouldn't do it. So he went out, sent him to battle and basically ensured that he would be killed uh, so that he could then take the widow and it would be okay. So he's done multiple, multiple sins on different levels. And it said in the scriptures, the thing David had done displeased the Lord. So he's feeling the guilt, he's feeling the shame, he's feeling that Oh, that uh, feeling where you're just like, your conscience is stirred and you know you've done something wrong and you need to get right. He knows what it's like to be in the presence of God. He knows what it's like to be in right relationship with Jesus. And so to not feel that, he's feeling really disconnected from God. He's not feeling the Holy Spirit speak to him. He's not feeling the joy. So when he comes and says, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, 
restore to me the joy of my salvation. It's a, it's a prayer of repentance. He's coming saying, God, take not your Holy Spirit from me because I'm feeling that disconnect. The Holy Spirit, he's grieved the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's just staying quiet, withdrawn a little bit. And David didn't like it. He felt less peace. He felt less presence. He felt less joy. He needed to get right, so he cried out to God. See, the joy of your salvation, the forgiveness that comes of yourself means that your sins are wiped. It means that you're cleansed. When he's coming and repenting to God, and we do this at the moment of salvation, we do it every day from then on in. But at that moment of salvation, you're just like, God, I'm sorry for doing life my way. I'm sorry for doing the wrong thing. I'm sorry for sinning against you. I don't want to feel this disconnect from you. And God says, I forgive you. I wipe your sins as far as the east is from the west. That's a long way. Like there's, that's unlimited. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are wiped as it's if you never sinned for David that, that, that's burning on his conscience. He's living with the aftermath of it. He's got the woman. He's got the baby. It's right in front of his face. But to God, he's restored. He's restored. He's forgiven. He's made righteous. The Bible says that Jesus makes us righteous to then stand before God the Father as if we've never sinned. How amazing is that? The forgiveness of sins, that's for each and for every one of us. See, for David, his unclean heart, it wasn't in his power to amend it. He needed God to forgive him. Romans 4 verse 7, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. That's where the joy is. That is where the joy is, the joy of your salvation. That's where it is. Joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Isn't that good? Oh my gosh, think of all the things, uh, you know, that you ha- have done that you, like, remember you're trying to forget it, but that God has wiped from your life. Oh, the record is cleared. What joy. We don't have to live with that guilt. We don't have to live with that condemnation, that shame. God has forgiven us. There's so many things. There's so many things. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we stop sinning, okay? You just like live a life because you're a human. It's just that every day you really need to live a, a prayer, a prayer of repentance. You know, when I was a kid, I was in primary school, and I knew this. I was growing up in church with Christian parents, and I knew that you, you needed to um, pray and, and repent every day. So this was my little tiny simple prayer every night. I'd say, God, I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong today. Please forgive me and help me not get the detention strap or cane tomorrow. That was my, <laughs> that was my basic simple prayer. It didn't always work. I did end up with the detention, the strap and the cane on different occasions back in the day where there was corporate punishment. I know, it wasn't like the goodest girl, but I was pretty good. I was pretty good. But that was my simple prayer. I just knew every day. And it's gotten deeper as I've grown in God and just, you know, every day, hey, I'm repenting. I might not have committed murder yesterday, but I probably had um, judgment and critical thoughts towards people. You know, it's that sort of a thing that you want to be cleansed of and you actually want to change and you ask for forgiveness and a strength to do life God's way. That's what forgiveness looks like. And the Bible says a heavy weight lifts off us when we're forgiven. 
says, leaving behind all the weight of the sin which surrounds us. Sin has weight. David felt that weight. He felt that weight of sin. But in forgiveness, the weight gets left behind and it gets lifted off us. And that brings the lightness, that brings the freedom, and that gives us the joy of salvation in that forgiveness moment. We can receive it daily. You can receive it from God for yourself. You can forgive yourself as well. And of course, it extends to others. Uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer, forgive me, Father, um, forgive us of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. So it's a, it's a dual process. I, I receive forgiveness. I extend forgiveness. That's forgiveness for us. So restore unto me the joy of my salvation through forgiveness. Number two is through love. You know, when you're not in right relationship with someone or maybe you've had an argument with your spouse. I know when there's, you know, something that we're arguing about and we just feel that tension and the love's not flowing and uh, it just, the tension escalates with you. you. You're not feeling the joy right then in that moment, right, as a, as a couple. What it needs is apologies. It needs forgiveness, which I've just talked about, and then the love can flow. So once you've been forgiven, and there's apologies both ways, and the, the love starts flowing, it starts being restored back in, and everything's sweeter, everything's more manageable. You know when your relationships are good, everything's more joyful, and love is flowing. God loves you. He wants you to know that he loves you with so much love that... At as we're celebrating at Christmas time, he gave his son to die on a cross for you and, and everything that you've done wrong so that you can live in freedom. You know what God thinks when he looks at you? Good thoughts. Good thoughts. The Bible says his thoughts towards you are more numerous than the sand on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. And they're good thoughts. You know, he's thinking, I'm so proud of you. He's thinking, I want to hang out with you more. I want to chat to you. I want to listen to you. He wants to just hang with you. His thoughts towards you are of pride or of love. And that's a, an unconditional love. That's a relentless love. That's an indescribable love that you can only get from God. If you're not feeling it, God wants to restore to you the joy of salvation. In that moment of salvation where you receive the love of a heavenly father, that doesn't matter what you do or what you've done or what you're going to do, God releases love towards you. It might be unwarranted. It might, you might not feel like that you deserve it, but God wants to release it to you. You are accepted. You are holy in his sight. You're righteous because of what Jesus has done. And as you pray that prayer of salvation, you're made righteous and you can receive the love of your heavenly Father. 1 John 1 verse 3, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. The great love that God has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. How great is that? God likes you even. He even likes you. Uh, early in my um, Christian war, when I was younger, I used to think, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm happy to pray, but I don't know if I want to hear from God because I think maybe he's going to say something bad or angry towards me or he's just, I don't want to, you know, necessarily listen for that voice of God. And that was a wrong mindset. Like, because when you start opening your ears to hear, you're going to hear God say, 
oh, I'm so proud of you. You've got this. You can do this. I'm for you. I want the best for you. I've got your back. I'm right behind you. And God will speak thoughts of love towards you because he is a loving father. Receive that love and access it every day. And you, re- you, you feel that joy of salvation. So you receive the forgiveness. You receive the love. And thirdly, you receive faith. Faith is imparted at salvation. Faith comes to believe in a God you can't see. We can feel God when we worship this morning. We can feel a presence of God. We can feel his love. We can't see it. You can learn to hear from him. But faith comes to believe in, that, in, in our God. To, faith to believe that there is a God who cares for us. There is a God who is with us. He'll never leave us never forsake us. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Faith to believe that. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we start thinking, oh, I don't know, you should see my life right now. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't look like that. But that's what faith goes beyond that, beyond your circumstances to see what God sees. He sees the future. He sees the exciting things he has for you. He sees beyond your day-to-days and sees your destiny. And that's faith. And sometimes we just need to access that faith again and go back to that place, that faith that came at salvation, that faith that comes into this church. We're a faith-filled church. We're a Bible-believing church. We believe that God is a God of the impossible, that nothing is too difficult for Him. And maybe whatever circumstance you're facing right now, you need to hear that today. Nothing is too difficult for Him. We sing that song this morning. Faith moves mountains. Faith opens the Red Sea. I mean, what can He do in your circumstances? circumstances to shift something out of your physical circumstances into the supernatural to see breakthrough and victory come because of faith, because we have an awesome God. Amen. Oh, that faith that comes into different areas of your life and it unfolds your, your, your life before you. You can't see it. Maybe he'll give you a little glimpse in a, in a dream or in a vision or in a scripture and you'll get a glimpse of your future, but he's just unfolding things step by step for you each day it through the bible our the, thy word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path you read the word of god and it encourages you it gives you purpose and it gives you direction and it lifts your faith when you read about all the things that he's done uh, for people in the old testament in the new testament the miracles that have been released it's like hang on maybe that can be for me as well God wants to restore to you what has been stolen. Faith to believe that everything you're facing now will work out for good. All things work together for good to those who love God and accord according to his purposes. All things. Hey, we might not see it right when we're in it and we don't get that perspective or that that benefit of hindsight, but all things work together for good. Another scripture says, what the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for good. So it might be stuff's happening in your life and not through your own fault or your own decisions, but the enemy meant it for evil. He meant to rob you, meant to steal from you, meant to destroy you, but God will use it for good. And he'll start to bring things out in you and he'll start to impart faith into your spirit that's bigger than you've ever known and, you, and, and good will come out of it. Amen. 
Hey, sometimes we need to um, cut off our backup plans. I had a backup plan uh, in my life. I was working in um, nursing for many years, um, through pre, pre-children, pre-marriage, um, throughout children and afterwards, and I loved it. I was working in midwifery, and I was delivering babies, and it was a great job. We were getting more and more responsibility, not just in our local church, but in C3 um, statewide and nationwide. And, you know, it's sort of the, the juggle between uh, family and um, nursing shift work and um, pastoral pressures, it, wa- it just wasn't working. And so I had to make a choice. You know, for years I'd said, I'm going to keep my registration up and do at least the minimum amount of nursing hours that I can do to keep my registration alive. And after a while, I thought, why am I doing that? What am I, why am I keeping it alive? Because I feel a call to this Um, role that God's asked me to do pastoring a church and I realized it was my backup plan it was like if this doesn't work out the pastoring that at least I've got a backup plan this nursing thing over here it's my uh you know I've got my registration I can always go into that it was like what am I thinking it's going to fail that it's going to fall over that this whole church pastoring thing it's like that's not faith that's not what the life God wants me to live and I had to let it go and that was a hard thing for me to do because I love it, but I knew God was uh, wanting me to put my faith in Him and my trust in Him and believe the calling and the purpose that He had for me and that He has for you is more important than having a backup plan. Sometimes we need to cut those ties and let them go, even though it's difficult to follow that purpose that God has in our lives. Oh, nothing is too difficult in your circumstances right now. The more faith that you have, the more trust that you can trust God that things are going to work out, the more joy that you're going to experience, the more joy that God can release into your life. And the end of that scripture, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's really important as well. When things are feeling stressful, when they're feeling exhausting, when they're problematic, our prayer, like David's, should be, help me, God, help me. Jesus, come, grant me a willing spirit. You can ask him, grant me, give me a willing spirit. Help me to obey you. Help me to go on the journey of what you call me to. Help me to trust in you. Help me to do what you've asked me to do. Help me to have a good attitude and to take the next step in my life. Thank you, um, band, as you come, as we come to a close. But for us to experience joy in our world now and beyond December, that scripture restore to me the joy of our salvation, of his salvation into our lives. First of all, forgiveness, receiving that forgiveness, going to God daily in prayer and just repenting, being clean. You'll feel that lightness and then you can receive that joy. Second of all, to receive that love of the heavenly father. It's a gift that he wants to give to you. Be open to receive it. He wants to pour out his love into you. And third of all, that faith, that faith that can be imparted to believe that God has something amazing for you in your life. When you know that there's a reason for this pain, a reason for the stuff that you're going through, there's a purpose in it that God's going to bring you to another place, that brings a sense of joy in you. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. You're going to be a bigger person. You're going to go to a different level in God. That brings joy into our spirit. So take that into your day, into your week, and be encouraged that God is with you.
Hey, you want the joy in your world this Christmas time? Then remember to receive that forgiveness from God, to release forgiveness to others, receive the love of God and have faith in your heart to see different things. Thanks, Shekinah. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Dan. That brilliant message. Oh, I love that. Restoring joy to our salvation. Those three great practical tips. Forgiveness, the love of the Father, and faith. They're so good. Church, can we just thank Pastor Dan one more time?